world's on fire, our culture's disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I bet, I bet you wish you were me today, huh? <clears throat> 227 2024, show number 2096. I get to go have a crown put on my tooth today. Anybody, anybody have that done? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Thousand bucks, right? Ain't nothing cheap. I don't understand why Roger will get mad at me. Why the hell do dentists and doctors and Lawyers, why do they get paid so much? Why do they get paid so much? Why do they get so many hundred dollars an hour? So they're going to do my tooth a thousand dollars. Now, I, I look, I tell everybody this get your teeth fixed. I don't care what it costs, get your teeth fixed. Because no. if things are tough now, what will they be like in a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? And all of a sudden, you got yourself a toothache and no money, and no dentist. Can, I can't think of anything worse. Can you guys, is there anything worse than a toothache? I don't know if there's anything worse than, worse than. So I'm going to go sell three of my children today so that I can get my tooth fixed because I don't want to have to, down the road, have to be have to be dealing with that. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll be jumping off here. Man, I got, got a lot. I got, I got some stuff I just got to share with you, man. Goslin says he pulls teeth. Well, you know, they, they tell you this other lie. You don't, you don't really know about medicine, do you, folks? Because my, I asked my dentist that very question, Paul. I said, "Why about just pulling the tooth?" And by the way, my dentist is someone I have never met. I don't know if she—it's a she. I don't know if she finished first in her class, last in her class. I don't know if she cheated on the class having to do with uh, uh, caps or what they call that. I, did she cheat during that one? Did she really know? Was, was she drunk? Was she hung over during class that day? Did she just squeak by? Did did the, the dentist, the one who was doing her, her lab work, did he say, oh, well, that's not really right, but we'll let that slide? You don't know, do you? You go in there and you just put your life in the hands of somebody who calls themselves doctor. Huh? Well, that's got to be one of the greatest things of, of all, greatest scams of all time. And then put a DR in front of your name and everybody listens to you. And what's a PhD? They say piled higher and deeper. And that's that's really where it is. I got I want to share some some good stuff with you here this morning. Um, you guys know how to share the gospel. Tim Tuber, our buddy Tim Tuber says, and I believe with it, first of all, not trying to make anybody mad, the average person has never led anybody to Christ. Average person. If you stopped and thought about yourself, have you ever led anyone to Christ? Don't you have to answer. Just want you to think it through. And all the time you've been in church and all the sermons you've heard and all the the videos you've watched, have you ever personally evangelized and led someone to Jesus Christ? Other than your children, which I hope you would have evangelized. But if the truth be told, many of you have children who aren't serving the Lord. Right? You didn't even you didn't even evangelize your own kids, right? You didn't even evangelize them. And why didn't you evangelize your own kids? Because somewhere along the line, they told you we got to put them all in school. And we got to put them in school, and we're going to teach your children for you. We said, well, what what are you going to teach your children? Well, we're just going to we're just going to teach a common education. That's what we'll do. Say, okay, are you going to teach the same education that he taught back in uh, when they used the New England primer? Say, Spencer, this is off top of the head. See if you can find New England primer. You say, Coach, what's a New England primer? What was the? It was uh, the little books that they taught kids to to read from up until about nineteen early nineteen hundreds. The New England primer, the first reading primer. 
the American colonies. And all of them had to do with the Lord. Every story in the New England primer they were teaching the children was about God. Lessons about God. Proverbs about God. Into stories, right? New England primer. And uh, and so that's that was the uh, kind of the the um, jumping off point of American education because why everybody was Christian. So you could send your some you could send your child to the gov to the public school because it was Christian because the school represented the values of the parents, and so all the parents were Christian. They wanted Christian Christianity taught to their children, so they went to the school, which was many cases was in the church. And then we came up with a great idea. George Washington, one of his first acts of Congress was to uh, is to put Bibles in the public schools. Did you guys know that? George Washington, these guys, they, and those Webster's goes back 1790, new blue book speller, 1790. This was a Christian nation teaching Christian values to our children. We know that it was one of the goals of the communists and the communist manifesto to get control of the schools. To get control of the schools, then they begin to teach your children what they they want your children to learn, not what you want them to learn. And we didn't get it. We didn't get it. Well, those of us my age, I'm 71, so I'm looking at Betty and Ray LeBlanc and Bob Evans and Dr. Paul and, and Glenn. And so we got a partial Christian education. We had a little bit of Christianity uh, uh, worked in there. We said prayer before school. And I remember that when John F. Kennedy was killed on, on November 22nd, 1963, the principal came over the public address system and said a prayer. Did anybody remember those kind of days? We used to have those days, right? Because, well, because uh, that was long before diversity and tolerance and all that stuff has crept into our public schools, where now when you hear diversity and tolerance, you that really means no Christianity. You get that? It's really what it means. Diversity and tolerance means anything but Christianity. So we look at our public schools. Most of you don't get it because uh, some of you don't have your children in public schools, praise the Lord, or most some of you are older, and so your kids graduate from public schools. Now they're into college where they're really, really getting poisoned, right? And and uh, But today, if, you, if you're a parent today, uh, I'm a grandparent. Our oldest granddaughter, Reese, is 12, I think. I'd be always get beat up. She's almost almost going to be a teenager. Never set foot the first second in government schools. And I know this that we're setting her up. Her parents are setting her up to be a weirdo, because now she goes to the public school to play on the softball team and the basketball team. And you know, when she comes in, she doesn't get to hang out with all of her. Like all those other kids are all friends because they're in all their classes together. And here comes poor little Reese comes walking in. She's one of those weirdo homeschoolers, right? She still believes that men are men and women are women, right? She still believes in all that stuff. And she's a weirdo. And uh, you talk about discrimination. You talk about, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Yeah, discrimination, right? Uh, Her beliefs are Christian, so she's not allowed in the school. (laughs) Get her out of here. So we've created a form of segregation from those who want to teach Christian values to their children, they're not allowed in the school. It's it's reverse. Remember when we had black schools and white schools? Well, what do we have now? Christian schools and non-Christian schools. It's, it's happened. They've done that to us. Except they keep all of your money to teach the non-Christian schools. And if you want to have Christian schools, then you got to pull your kids out and pay extra for them. You you with me? I'm going somewhere. Stay stay with me, okay? Stay with me here, okay? So I'm going to share with you today. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to lead us somewhere. As you know, last week, tom- by the way, tomorrow again, I get to go to uh, tomorrow. I go to Thomas Worthington High School to speak to the seniors again tomorrow. Two classes of them, so there won't be that that many kids. The class is called Radical Political Science, and the reason I bring that up is because just yesterday I got mailed my packet from the last school that I went to. You say, well, coach, what's the packet? Well, the, the, uh, the kids, I hate to call them kids, they're 17, 18 years old. They write a reaction to what it was I, I said when I was there. Their reaction to what I, to the presentation I made. And I told you I went there and talked about truth and the kingdom, the gospel, all that kind of stuff. So yesterday I got their reactions. And I'm going to show you, share with you this morning, some of the reactions so you understand the problem we're facing. 
the trouble that we are in. Now, I, I start reading these. I can't even read them because I get angry. Because I often stop and say, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. And I want to grab this child by the throat and strangle him and say, what, were you listening? But see, that's another thing. They don't know how to listen anymore. They certainly don't know how to critically think. So I'm going to share some of these with you real quickly. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Uh, this was from, uh, uh, where was I? Worthington Kilburn, a large metropolitan yuppie school in Columbus. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. This is a upper, upper, uh, first, uh, upper class, upper middle class, most of them, okay? So here, I'm going to take you down through some of these real quickly so you can hear the reaction. I went in, I told them the truth, yada, yada. Okay, so here it is. Do you agree? Uh, Dave Dobner feels this is the question the teacher proposed that everybody had to react to. And no, I'm not trying to make this about me. I want you to, I want you to see something here. So the teacher says, Dave Dobbenmeyer feels that America's moral decline is seen in the approval and practice of abortion, premarital sex, divorce, transgenderism, among other issues. To reverse this moral decline, a biblical worldview needs to be reinstituted in the United States to resist secular indoctrination. So the teacher does a good job of saying this is basically what Coach Dave talked about. What do you think? Okay, these 17, 18-year-old kids getting ready to go to college where it will get worse. So here's number one. I don't, I don't know the student's name. It's good. I don't know their name. Uh, do you agree with his position? Um, here we go. I don't agree with Dave's opinion because I feel that due to the huge diversity in the world, limiting some aspects of life would be disrespectful. And in some situations, even decline the right to freedom and choice to some groups. And even though I was raised as a Catholic, we got us, we got us a Christian here. We got a Christian wobbling off the hook. Even though I was raised as a Catholic, I recognize that there are other religions in other places of the world and close to me as well. If people choose to project their faith and find comfort in a different God and other religions and practice different habits, well, I don't feel that is bothering me or attacking my beliefs and my religion in any way. However, the speaker mentioned that it was not about respecting other people and their differences, but in his own words, respecting people enough to tell them the truth. So at least they listened. They heard that part of it, right? Especially when religion is being discussed. I don't think there's any objective truth. Religion is about faith and believing in something or someone that you don't have a scientific proof that exists. So particularly in this case, I don't think it makes any sense to use the truth as an argument to disrespect others' opinions. That's why I believe the moral decline Coach Dave mentioned will not be fixed by biblical worldview to be reinstated in the United States to resist secular indoctrination will only limit people's freedoms. Okay, now, hey, nice kid. Probably thinks like your kid. Next one. I'm not going to read them all. This is somebody else. I strongly disagree with Dave Dobbenmeyer's position. While many still share the same ideas as him, like abortion, premarital sex, divorce, transgenderism as wrong, they are not trying to tell us that what we believe is false. Dave strongly emphasized with the truth in his presentation. Example of this is when we were talking about transgenderism. And he said, the truth is you are either born a male or a female, and you can identify as you cannot identify as the opposite sex. Well, he's right that we are all born either male or female. We should have the ability to decide on our own gender identity, which might not be the one assigned at birth. I believe that truth is relative, which means that one's truth may not be the same as someone else's. When someone mentioned this idea to Dave during class, he shut them down and just said that the truth is above everything else, like emotions, which is where relative truth is. Yeah, I told him that. I believe that emotion plays a big role in our life, and we should make room for them when trying to figure out the truth. Dave also talked about how we are being indoctrinated in school and at home, and that it can be good or bad. I do agree with that, that we are indoctrinated in our daily life. But he used it as a way to share that atheists are indoctrinating us into not believing the biblical worldviews, which I do not agree with. As American citizens, we have the right to freedom of religion and should not be pressured by other citizens to follow their religion, like what Coach Dave was doing. He was praying with his football teams. This is a 17-year-old kid. 
This is a 17-year-old kid in the public school. I don't know if it's a boy or thing, boy or girl. You want another one? I, I can get I get about eight of them. Give, give me another one. In my personal opinion, I think Dave's beliefs are purely ones he believes in, only because he has not, may never experience the harm they bring. I don't think Dave is evil. I think he's misguided. This is a 16, 17-year-old kid thinking smarter than me, right? I think he's misguided and greatly unsympathetic, but he's not someone who would try and purposely cause harm to others. Yet, when I asked if abuse was an okay reason to divorce, he said no. By the way, that's not what I said. I cannot fathom this man having a friend confide in him that her husband is abusing her and her children and Dave telling her that it would be an ungodly thing to do to separate. Now, folks, where do they, what? Where do they hear what I didn't say? How is, how is, does, how does that happen that people hear what you didn't say? Let me continue. Nor can I imagine telling either of his daughters that they would have to accept their death if it meant the fetus inside of them had a chance of survival. They asked me this question. They said, oh, what, if, what if your daughter was going to die if she gave birth? I said, well, I know what my daughter would do. My daughter knows that the Bible teaches that greater love is no man than this, then he would lay down his life for his friends. My daughter would die for her baby. That's what I said. My daughter would die for her baby. If it came to my daughter living or the baby living, my daughter would die to let her baby live. That's what the Bible teaches. Dave might feel like his morals are like a tall brick wall, unmoving and unbreakable, yet I see it as more of a wobbly house of cards that has yet to encounter a gust of wind once he finds himself in a situation where he realizes how much these ideals will hurt. By the way, their ideas will hurt someone close to him. There's no way I don't see him crumbling or just becoming a straight-up hypocrite. So even if we ignored all this, what does a biblical worldview even look like? I mean, we know that his specific one looks like, but the Bible is just like any other kind of book. It has interpretations. Many people take away different things from it, and I'm not even getting into the different testaments. I know homophobic Christians. I know gay Christians. I know transphobic Christians. I know trans Christians. I know racist Christians. You get the point. How are we to decide whose mindset is correct? Should it be the Pope's? What if some Christians don't agree with it? Would that still make it a godly worldview? It's just ridiculous to me, honestly. Just let everyone have their own religious or non-religious morals. When we go on, this is the cross-section of your children in government schools. Coach, any good ones? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Now, no, wait a minute. Every once in a while, they'll say something. I'm not going to take our time and read through all of these. Look, because this is what I'm going to get into here in a second, okay? Uh, certainly some of these children, <clears throat> want me to do another one? Let me, let me try this one. <clears throat> I do not agree with Dave on many accounts. First of all, I feel badly for all of the women in Dave's life since he holds such sexist, archaic views when it comes to women's bodily autonomy and health care rights. By the way, where do you think she learned that sentence? Who paid for that sentence to be taught to her, I wonder? I cannot believe that a father would ever tell his daughter that she should be raped and unwillingly impregnated. She must give birth to that child since it is his grandbaby. Friends, here's what I said. I said, is murder ever okay? Is it ever okay to murder an innocent human being? Ever okay? Innocent human being, is it ever okay? And they all said, well, of course not. I said, well, then how do we murder a baby? Some of you want to support murdering a baby who was conceived in rape. How does the rape make the murder of the baby okay? That's the point I made here, okay? That's the point I made. This is so incredibly selfish as it puts more value on Dave's own bloodline than the mental, physical well-being of his daughter. I was again shocked. Anybody want to bet whether this is a woman or not? I was again shocked when Dave also said that he would rather let his daughter die than allow her to receive a life-saving abortion. Coach Dave never said that, see. 
In instances like these, a biblical worldview becomes dangerous since excuses such as God willed it that way can suddenly be made. Dave talked a lot about how, per the Bible, we must all love our neighbors. It seems hypocritical then for him to put his own desire above the actual life of his daughters, and it would ever come down to that. And I do agree with some of the teachings in the Bible, but can never understand or support how someone will twist its words to match whatever they want it to in their life. What the hell is she doing? Just like Lisa, Dave admitted that indoctrination, the thing they so harshly criticize, is okay, then just do it. See, I explained to them that indoctrination, putting a doctrine into another person, indoctrinate. I underlined the word. Doctrine is a set of beliefs. In means to put into, and that all parents indoctrinate their children. All parents indoctrinate their children. We put our beliefs in our children. That's what I talked about indoctrination. She can't even get this straight, right? For Dave to indoctrinate his family and children into practicing his version of Christianity. See, she wants me to teach the school's version of Christianity. It's a beautiful thing. But then when they go to school and they're exposed to other perspectives, that is how evil and a leftist ploy for mind control. I truly think that at the end of the day, Some people are just inherently crazy, and there's no helping them. That'd be me. That'd be you. No, that'd be her. Well, yeah, that'd be her. She doesn't see it, though, right? She doesn't see it. They don't don't get it. They don't understand it. I could go on. I'm not going to go on. And no, Brett, uh, uh, well, they only sent me about uh, 10 of them, maybe 12 of them. Now, understand this. I spoke to... uh, probably about 160, 170 kids that day. So they can't give me a cross section. But there wasn't one child, I hate to call him child, there wasn't one student in that class that wrote me a, a one of these that says, hell yeah, hell yeah, coach. Not, not one, not one, not one. No That's amens that. from the amen course at Thomas Worthington High School. No, that's worthy and killed when I go to war. I go to Thomas Worthington mine. Now, I'm, whose fault is this? Whose fault is this? Anybody want to tell me? I'm, I'm going to tell you whose fault it is, but I'll give you a chance to be right if you want to, because I'm a bigot and a homophobe. And uh, uh, You know whose fault this is? The church's it's our fault. fault. It's the church's fault. It's the church's fault. You can't tell me none of these kids don't go to church. You can't tell me that. But what's the message of the gospel? Love, 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 love. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He accepts you the way you are. He loves you in everything you do. Love, love, love. And by the way, who are you to judge? Don't judge. 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 With me? Are you with me? Here's the fruit of it. This is the fruit. Now, here's the sad part. My granddaughter is going to grow up with these folks. These folks will get elected. These folks will get elected, not my granddaughter. We're seeing it. We're seeing it already right now, right? We're seeing it right now that we see what we call conservative Republicans won't call themselves Christians because they know all the voters think like this. Crazy, isn't it? Hmm? So I I want to share stuff. I want to open up. I want to take some questions. I really got some stuff I got to show you today before before we get too deep in. Go, Jean. Let Jean come on and then hold your questions because I think it's really critical what I want want to go through here. Go ahead, go ahead, Jean. Okay, I want to let you read that. Do you think any sixteen or seventeen year old kid responded in those words like that? They were educated I by do, somebody. No, no, they don't. I've t- I've been around enough. They can articulate, but nothing like that. These are well-educated people responding to you. They've hey, been Jean. educated by somebody else to tell them to write what they're writing. Gene, they hear this every day in school. This is the fruit of what they believe. These are real, These are upper-middle-class parents. Every one of these kids is going to college. Every one of them. This is what they've been taught in their college prep classes. You said high school, though. You said 16 or 17 years. Seniors. 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 Is this high school or college? High school seniors. Hey, Gene, do me a favor. I, I just, Follow me. Come with me. 
Come with me tomorrow. <laughs> Come with me tomorrow. You'll see it firsthand. I'm telling people every time I go in there, you ain't going to believe it. You're not going to believe what our kids are doing. And look, Gene, these kids are articulate, educated, and lies. They can articulate, explain, and teach lies. They're smart kids. Well, they must be smart. I'm not, I can't see anybody that has written that can write that well as a senior, but they're probably out there. Hey, Gene, 160 of them. I was in the classroom. I'll be with them tomorrow. Folks, this is what we're producing. Indoctrination. Okay, so hang on here a second. They've been indoctrinated. They know what to write. Somebody's helped them write this. Gene, you are so full of crap, Gene. (laughs) I can tell you, Gene, I've been doing doing this for 15 years. It's like this every time. Sometimes they would send me packets of them that big. By the way, they sign their name at the bottom. They they sign their name. Sign the name at the bottom of anything. But I'm not disputing you, Coach. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, I am because it's just hard for me to believe somebody at that age wrote these responses. Can I tell you what I think? I think they're written by fools because the arguments make no sense. Just because they can put sentences together, they can't think. I'm looking at what they say, not how they say it. That's what I believe. Okay, hang on. Can I ask you why? Okay. Here's the truth. Right here in this crowd right now, where's Tim Tuber when I need him? Most of you have no idea how to share the gospel. First of all, you don't even know what the gospel is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I feel like I'm making it personal. I've been around enough. Um, Hey, folks, wouldn't there be one kid in class? Wouldn't isn't some parent in class? Are all the Christian kids being homeschooled? Not one Christian kid in that class could articulate could articulate them. And yes, so they sent me a cross section, right? There isn't one student saying, "Go, coach, you are right on." Go, coach, none, not one, not one. And what do you think pastors would say about this? Hmm? Because see, here's here's what we don't do. Uh, pull up number four. Get this ready. Vody Bachman. I don't know if you guys know Vody Bachman or not. Let me ask you a question before I get too deep in this. <clears throat> Hang on. <clears throat> Quiz time. Quiz time. What is the gospel? Quiz time. The kingdom. What is it? If you're going to explain the gospel to someone, what is the gospel? Dale? The gospel is exactly what it is first. It is good news. What is the good news? Is the fact that I, as a person, am in a lost world, in a fallen world, and this good news is something that is bringing light into a dark area in my life or in your life, whomever I'm talking to. If I can get that far, then, Coach, then I would begin to articulate the Romans road, which does lay out the fall of man, how sin entered into the world, and how we can be redeemed through the precious blood of Jesus. And because of that redemption, that is the good news. Amen. So the good news is what? There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And the gospel, which means good news, is you don't have to go to hell. That's the good news. The good news isn't that uh, Jesus came so you can be healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's That's not the good news. The good news is that the King of kings and Lord of lords, the spirit of the living God can come and dwell inside you. That's the good news. The good news is that there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. The good news is the kingdom can be within you. The the good news is that the kingdom that can be in you is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's, That's the good news. That's the good news. So if you were going to go share somebody with somebody the good news, where would you start? You know how to start? You know how to start? I made some notes to myself here this morning. I'm... 
I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. Please don't think that. Ask yourself right now, did you lead somebody to Jesus? How would you start? So I made some notes because I've done it a number of times. I'm not bragging. I've led people to Christ. Mistake number one, stop telling them. Start asking. Ask questions. Ask questions. So when I go into this group of uh, kids at at, at Thomas, whatever, one of those Worthington schools, I go into the school. The first thing I do is ask a question. Because when you ask the question, it does two things. It reveals what they already believe and exposes the falsehood in what they already believe. So when I go into the first thing, I write up on the board, what is truth? And then we take off. And when they open up their mouth, you know that they don't know what truth is. Now, what a modern American Christianity would tell you to do is start telling them how much Jesus loves them. I'd never, can I tell you something? In all my years of sharing the gospel, I never, ever, I don't know if I've ever told somebody, I don't know if I've ever told them. I don't know if I've ever said that. Jesus loves you. I don't, that is the absolute worst place to start because why? They love themselves. They love themselves. So Jesus agrees with them. So when I start, uh, I, I ask them a question. What is truth? Then I, then I take them another direction. I'm coaching you up here a little bit, right? And I say, okay, how many of you in here believe murder is wrong? Well, most of the kids are ways around. They're kind of suspicious because they know I'm doing something to them, right? How many of you think murder is wrong? And they'll raise their hand. Okay. Then what do I do next? What do I do next? Come on! You ask questions. What do I do next? How many of you in here think murder is wrong? What do, what's the next question I ask? Says who? Why is murder wrong? And then I say, whoa, 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 time out. Let me back up here a minute. What is murder? Because the Bible says there's a time to kill. And it says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Is killing and murder the same thing? That's where I start. Now it's not me telling them the gospel. It's me showing them how empty their belief system is. So they'll say, uh, uh, I say, do we, do we vote murder? Is that what we do? We vote murder right or wrong? Or is murder just wrong? And eventually somebody will say, well, murder is wrong. Good. Says who? Friends, the greatest truth you ever come to is one you come to on your own. Mark Trump talks about that first truth. First truth. The first truth is one you come to on your own, man. And so I say, okay. I'm just leading them down a Roman's road here, okay? Murder's wrong? Yeah. How many of you think murder's wrong? Premeditated killing of an innocent human being? You all agree with that? Good, good, good. Uh, Everybody? Good, good, good. Cool. Can somebody tell me why abortion is legal? Boom! The fight's on. Because now they've already been boxed in that murder's wrong. Now they have to go to exceptions on why murder is okay. Now look, I'd use that approach to lead them to the gospel. Now talk about coming over and they tell us we murdered Indians. We murdered Indians. We murdered white people. Why is that wrong? Why is that wrong? Majority rule, is that what it is? Huh? Just because you get the most votes, you can kill black people. You can lock them up. Is that what it is? Who said slavery is wrong? Where'd that come from? Ask them questions. Make them think. Because now they see, you know what happens then? Then they don't want to raise their hand anymore. You know why? Because they know they are in a box. And they don't know how to get out of it. Because they already said murder's wrong. And they know that's a premeditated killing of an innocent human being. And they know the baby in the womb isn't uh, it's premeditated and it's innocent. So that what do they say? It's not a human being. You box them in. 
got it? Box them in. So here's what I wrote down here, and I'm going to open it up because I want to hear from some of you guys. Here's what I do. I never share the love of God. I share the fear of God. I share the fear of God. If there is a God and he's just, you're in trouble. How many of you are afraid of police officers? How many of you are afraid of cops when you're driving down the road at 80 miles an hour? Are you looking in your rearview mirror for a cop? Why are you looking in your rearview mirror for a cop? I thought cops love you. I thought cops were about love and mercy and safety. Oh, no, no, no. You're looking over your shoulder looking for that cop because you know he's going to whack you with a $150 fine, take away your license for 30 days. Well, I hate to tell you this. God's the same way. <laughs> he's the same way, except his punishment's a lot worse than that, baby. And so once you can get them to be afraid of the consequences of their sin, now you got a chance. You see, you do it without even calling them sinners. They come to that realization on their own. So here's what I do. I wrote it down. Bear with me a second. I ask them questions. And so they say, "Uh, Coach Dave, what about uh, rape and incest? Shouldn't a woman be able to kill her baby and rape and incest? Good question, isn't it? And I say, wow, man, that's a really good question. In fact, I used to think like that. I used to think exactly like that until I saw some pictures and saw that that was a little human being inside that woman. And no matter how it happened, that baby should not be punished for what its daddies did. Do you think the baby should be punished for what the daddy did? Are you with me? Are you with me? Make them take a position and then show them how lousy their position is just by asking truth. Okay, so I box them in. I box them in. What is justice? I say to them, what's justice? Who determines justice? How come everybody in this room thinks that murdering somebody is wrong? Why do you all think, where'd you all learn that? You come up with that on your own? Oh, no, no. Oh, uh, did this, did Worthington, Ohio, did it just appear when you were born or has Worthington been here a long time? And so there were a lot of people here in Worthington, Ohio, who long time ago, people older than me, long time ago agreed that murder was wrong. And now you still agree with that and you still believe that? Well, where did they get that idea? Ask questions. See? Well, hey, uh, by the way, I would ask them, who determines right from wrong? How come I can't, how come I can't hate a black person who says that's wrong. How how come I can't hate a homosexual? I don't, but how come I can't? Who says hating somebody's wrong? Oh, because we're supposed to love it. But where'd you hear that? Where'd the idea of love in your neighbor? Where'd that come from? Then I would say, who determines what's right and wrong? Vote? Vote? If they came in here tomorrow and Mr. Strasbaugh, your teacher, said, okay, a show of hands tomorrow, uh, we're going to have a vote, and the majority wins. I want everybody to raise your hands. Everybody comes to school naked tomorrow. Raise your hand if you want to come to school naked. And if it's 12 to 10 voting to come naked, you have to come naked. Are you going to do it? You're not? Why? Well, because my right, my, oh, okay. So in other words, majority rule doesn't always make it right. Is that what what you're saying? Is that what you get? See, I'm not trying to convince them. I'm trying to get them to question what they already believe. Why do you believe that? So do you believe in justice? Hmm? If somebody in this classroom gets up and runs over and knocks somebody's teeth out, they think they ought to have to pay for that. You believe in justice? Well, who determines that? Go in the courtroom? Why are you in the courtroom? Because somebody's demanding justice. You guys believe in justice? Whose idea was that? What, what makes something right and something wrong? You know, wh- where does this all come from? We vote on it? They voted, they voted that black people were two, two-thirds of a human being. They vote, white people voted you could have black slaves. Was that a good thing? No, why? Because every human being has dignity? Says who? Make them defend their own belief. 
Don't tell them. See, I often tell them in the midst of it. You know what, daggone it? I used to believe that too. <laughs> I used to think just like that. I, hey, I believed in abortion. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I believed in abortion until I became a Christian. Well, really, it wasn't when I became a Christian. I believed in abortion until I had my first child. And I looked at that beautiful baby. How many of you in here have had children? You got them, see? You got them. You got them. So you're trying to explain something to me that you've never experienced. <sighs> Play uh, number four. I'm going to open it up. Friend, look, friends, this is so important for you. Number one, you better figure out what the good news is. What is the good news? Can I tell you the good news? You're a sinner on your way to hell. And Christ died on a cross that you can spend eternity with God. That's the good news. Boom. Any other news is secondary. Secondary. Now I get deeper. I get into what the soul is and the mind and the will and the emotions. I get into all that stuff. But at the heart of it, they have to understand that this thing called whatever we're living here in America, the rules and regulations we had, they've been here a long time. The great, 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 great grandpa probably, probably came up with these rules. And it was wrong to murder a baby when your great grandfather was on the earth, and it's still wrong today. Why? What's the standard? Make them answer. Don't tell them, okay? Now, uh, what, did it, what is it? Share, I said share the fear of God, not the love of God. And you yourself learn what is the good news. What is the gospel? Now, play Vody Bakum number four, and then I'm going to open it up. Go ahead. When people say, no, our, our problem is this, our problem is that, we say, no, 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 our problem is that God created the world and God created man, and he put man in the garden to keep the garden. And he gave the man a command. And he held that man to perfect, perpetual obedience to that command. And he promised him life if he kept it, and death if he didn't. And he didn't keep it. He ate. And because he ate, because of that one man, sin entered the world. And death through sin. And everyone born from that man through ordinary generation inherited that man's sin nature. And because of that sin nature, sins proceed from it. And our world is broken because of that sin. And we stand guilty before a holy and righteous God. And we know that he's holy and we know that he's righteous and we crave justice. But the problem is that if God gives us justice, we all die. And so that God in his goodness and in his mercy sent forth his son who was not born of ordinary generation but was born of a virgin yes the virgin birth matters why because if he's born of ordinary generation he's born in sin but because he's not born of ordinary generation he's not born in sin he's clean of sin his record is clean and he keeps his record clean and he obeys god's law and because he's fully god and fully man he obeys the law of God on our behalf in his active obedience. And then in his passive obedience, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. All we like sheep had gone astray. Each of us had turned to his own way, but God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And Christ died for sin once for all, the just for the unjust. And God imputes our sinfulness to him. And he nails our sinfulness to the tree. And Christ dies and raises again on the third day for our justification. And there's another imputation. The righteousness of Christ is actually imputed to us. So that God can be both just and the justifier of the one who places faith in Jesus Christ. So that all those who come to Christ may enter in. So that all those who place faith in Christ might be saved, but not only saved, but sanctified. 
because he's the firstborn of many brethren. We're justified and we're adopted into the family of God and we're sanctified. And as his children, we begin to bear the family resemblance and we're further sanctified throughout this life by the very same gospel that saves us until one day when it's all said and done, we're not just saved from the penalty of sin. We're not just saved from the power of sin, but one day we're glorified and saved from the very presence of sin. That's the gospel that we preach. That's the gospel that we need. And that's the gospel that's more than enough. Boom. 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 So we made the gospel out of everything else. Healthy, wealthy, wise, all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. Why don't we teach that anymore? How can we call ourselves educated, our children? How can we call it education and not teach them the most basic element of life? Boom. And most of us don't even know how to lead somebody to the Lord. Come on in, Roger. Well, I don't know what to say. Just play that again. Play that yeah. again. Yeah. The question I have about the students are, so they think everybody has their own truth, it sounds yes. like. We've been taught that. Yes. But don't they understand the chaos that creates? No. Well, what, what, what is their answer to, we have a four-way stop, and if you go where they go, there are no needs for any stop signs, and everybody just gets their own truth of when to stop and go. I'm going to use that tomorrow. I'm going to use that illustration tomorrow. That's a great illustration. But how, but Dave, these are smart kids. It sounds like, or are they? You know where that's hard yes. hard road. Yeah. You know where this is. Well, where did they take the chaos issue? If we all have our own truth then it must be majority rule then. They must believe that somebody makes the decision. They must believe in some concept of democracy, not a republic, but Roger, where they the never, masses rule. They never teach them the consequence of their belief. Chaos. It's chaos. Well, you're paying for it. Yeah, even the pagans ought to understand it is chaos if there's no absolute truth in these issues, you know. Hey, Roger, uh, do you think they're do you think they're learning that where you go to church? Uh, I was just thinking of our youth group at church and what is taught on Wednesday nights, but you know, it's chaos. all I can say is they they must believe that chaos is the way to go. The same kids sitting in that class probably go to the youth group at many of the churches. That'd be my that'd be my guess. And they, they're given 12 years, seven hours a day of this indoctrination, and we don't get it. We, the parents, don't we don't get it. They are our progeny. Those are our children with somebody else's beliefs. It's sad. P.S. Come on in then, Keith. I would ask them what gives them the right to sit in that chair. Someone had them, right? Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. What if your mom was? What if your mom was pro pro abortion? What if you'd been aborted? And you know. You know where else I go? P.S. is really good. You know where I really go? I take them to divorce. How many? How many? How many people have a better life because your parents got divorced? Shoo! The silence across the room. Honestly, the uh, best thing is bring bring a woman in that's had an abortion, and no one would say anything. Well. Uh, <laughs> Rare is the woman who will admit it, first of all. But, uh, but secondly, I'm going to tell you something. They're not real capable of empathy. They're not, they, they have a hard time putting themselves in somebody else's shoes. They really do. Good points. Keith? If there is no truth, they can hold on to moral relativism. In other words, anything goes, and they spend all their time in the shadows of video games and whatever kind of alternate reality they want to live in. Relative, more relativism, though, Keith, is nothing more than uh, the absence of the gospel, isn't it? Isn't that what Oprah Winfrey teaches? You, we all have our own truth. Follow your truth. Yeah. Huh? Yep. By the way, didn't they do uh, I Gotta Be Me? No matter, I, 
No matter how faithful, no matter how far, to fight for the right. It's all about me. I gotta be me. That was, that's the anthem of where we are today. Gotta be me. Gotta be me. Randy. Coach, go back to where you started. You said we've been preaching another gospel. The church, they have no answers, Coach. No. They have no answers for this this group, for these millennials, the Zs, all of them from, from way back there through the last three generations. They have no right. answers because they don't know the true gospel, Coach. That you, you, I mean, you've pointed this out. So now let's apply Tim Tubra. Let's see. How many of us now are going to go go start walking in this, or just are we going to keep talking about it? Mm. Oh well, uh, first of all, I'll start. Are we really hearing you, Coach? My question: Are we? Do we really, really hear what you're saying? Am I different when I leave this show today? Am I different now since you exposed my my the truth to me and I, I hear you? Did I really hear you? Yeah, I hear you, Coach. I hear you. What would be, Randy? What would be the attendance here today? If, I'm sorry, tomorrow, if I said, listen, you can only come in here today if you witnessed to somebody yesterday. Uh, you, that's the way you're going to get into the queue. You have to tell us who you witnessed to. I wonder how many people would be in here. Because I'm telling you, schools are witnessing to them every day. Every day. Mark Trump. Yeah, Roger's on to something with this chaos, and they all have a different truth. But think about this, Coach. The church is what's teaching that. The church is saying, I'm Methodist. It's okay. I'm yep. Baptist. It's okay. Yep. Yep. I'm this. It's okay. I'm that. It's okay. So the denominational body of Christ is teaching that chaos is okay, Roger. It's a denomination right. of truth. So all of their truths about LGBT or about homos or whatever. They're all denominations, which we try to squeeze the body of Christ into. That's right. That's the broken system. The church says it's okay to believe differently about Christ Mm -hmm. because there's Catholics and Christians and and this and, 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 and. The chaos is the church. That allows them to have multiple truths. That's right. That allows them to be me. That's right. It's the multiple denominational church that's done this to us. It has. <laughs> because why? We have focused on love. 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 The gospel is all about love. And that's why I said when I share the gospel, I never share. I never share the love of Jesus. Never. I warn them. I warn them. You can be laughing now, dude. But I'm going to tell you something. You're going to give an account. There's a payday coming, and you're going to give an account for that thing that you just did that you thought was so damn funny. Hey, there's going to be a payday coming from you. I don't tell them, oh, God loves you so much, and he just can't wait to forgive you for what you haven't done. Because, first of all, have to create in them a knowledge of the disease they have. Until If, if you went to a doctor right now, I'm going to go to the dentist. I went to the dentist last week. I knew something was wrong with my tooth. I thought, I'll just put up with it, and I'll just put up with it. I went in there, go to the dentist. They'd poke around. They'd take x-rays. they say, say, Coach Dave, hate to tell you this. That molar back there, man, that thing's about to break apart. We're going to have to crown that thing. We're going to have to crown that thing. I said, how much? Oh, and they said, oh, well, we'll tell you. We'll do a work it out. About $1,200, about twelve. So I'm thinking, damn, this is going to cause me trouble. I don't care how much it costs. Why? Because I know I got the disease. See, we want to give the cure before they know they got the disease. If they knew that there was a chance they're going to stand before a righteous God and they're going to burn in hell, they're going to run to the altar. But we don't do that. We tell them Jesus loves them. He's got a wonderful plan for your life. He doesn't want you to be sick. He doesn't want you to be like that. Hey, dude, your life's messed up because you're not obeying the laws of God. You want to get your life right? And you're going to have to fall in line, start following the rules here, baby. And I know that you've had a screwed up life, but there's a better way. Can I tell you about this better way? No. Oh, we let that coach. That's harsh. That's not, that's judgmental coach. That's not loving. Kelly, come on in. Thanks Hi. coach. Hey, listen, I just posted a pro-life song by a really neat guy, Micah Fitzgerald. He's with a band called Vessel of Mercy. 
And he's also in a movie right now called The Stolen Valley. We just saw the movie the other night. We're going to go and support him again tonight. And his band's going to play after the show. And they did a Q&A with some of the people in the movie. But he's a, he's a Christian. He's doing a new show about redemption. And it's a really, really neat song. It's a, it's a pro-life song. It's about life. So it's really okay. neat. I'll try to get, I, I'm short on time to do it now, Kelly. I'll try to get it. Maybe we'll get it in tomorrow. Jack. Yeah, that'd be you. great. Okay. Thanks, Jack. Coach. Uh-huh. Jack. I think one of the fundamentals that we're, we're all kind of getting around is how much truth, real truth, do those kids see on a daily basis? Well, we, I, are not, we are not showing them truth, consistent, total, honest truth. We yes. don't do it. I, I watched something last night real quick. I just happened to be, have a chance to watch the CBS Evening News. And they were talking about the, the, the um, um, Joel Osteen's church, the shooting. And the, the, the anchor over and over and over said, that woman, that woman, that woman, that woman. And the next, the next Blumen article that they did on that next issue was, oh, there was this, this transgender child was wounded at this other event. See, the yep. the truth they never see consistent truth. That that transgender woman that shot those people was never word that word never came up. It was that woman, that woman over and over. But the next the next one was that transgender child. So they, it's almost impossible to speak the truth if you don't have the spirit of truth, folks. Absolutely. If you don't have the spirit of truth, lies don't bother you. If you have the spirit of truth, it's like chalk on a, fingers on a chalkboard. If you hear a lie, you can't stay. And you know what? We love lies. We love them. Craig, come on in. Murder by really definition is taking away your tomorrows today. Abortion by definition is taking the embryos tomorrows away today. Mm. It's about denying the opportunity to have life or experience life. So then the question would be, if this state says you can have an abortion up to the ninth month, but state over here says the fourth month, who establishes life? Do you want to stand in front of God and be the one who says, I establish life at day 145. I don't. Mm. I don't. I don't either. And who determines it, Craig? Comes back to that, that exact same thing, right? Uh, who has the right? See, I use this illustration. I said they used slavery because they said that blacks weren't human beings. Blacks aren't human beings. You can have them as slaves. I said the same thing about Jews. Hitler killed Jews because he said they're, they're not human beings. What about unborn babies? Ah, they're not human beings. I get it. I get it. Nothing new under the sun. Dale, then Lauren. Hallelujah, Coach. You know, many a time, it seems like the church has become the scapegoat. Not that I don't think that most of them are preaching that love, love, love. But let's be truthful. There's 168 days in a week, right? So if you take away your uh, 56 hours of sleeping, 14 hours of eating, and then four hours of church a week, you still have 94 hours. My question is, it's not the church's necessarily fault. I tell my church all the time, hey, I got your kids for two hours on Sunday or whatever. I said, what are you doing with your children? I don't know. I read it in the Bible somewhere. Rear your children up in the fear of the admonition of the Lord. Children, right? Give them direct them it's parents to correct them brother we want to lay this thing at the feet of the church and let's be honest these parents are at fault because they choose to take their children and drag their children to those churches the bible says to study to show yourself approved it's not another man's responsibility it's the parents responsibility to teach their children the fear and the admonition of the lord so and we boom. Need to- who's supposed to teach the parents to do that 
the guy in the pulpit when they go to church on Sunday. And Co- they Coach, it goes back it. to four hours. You got four hours. What are you doing with your time at home? Oh, I know. Oh, I'm going to sit on a TV with a remote control. I can watch two hours of movies. That's Dale, more, Dale, more time than the church, I'm, brother. I'm with you, Dale. But the pastors aren't telling them that they have an obligation to go yeah, you're and right. teach them. And see, I tell my congregation, I said, it's not my responsibility to raise your children. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Huh? We don't even know what the gospel is. We can't even explain it to our next door neighbor. We can't even explain it to our children and then send our kids into government schools where they're taught the ways of the devil. And the church can't wait to go to the football game. Watch the team play. See you tomorrow. Amen.